Welcome, my friends, to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope y'all are having an absolutely fantastic day. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend, enjoyed the Hagman Show on Friday. And I've seen a lot of stuff over the weekend. It's just current things that are going on. And I want to just encourage everybody, thank you again for getting the truth out there. Over uh, on Saturday night, I went to Tampa for the Monster Truck Jam at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Took the kids over there. They had an absolute blast. That was Kendall's first time seeing Monster Trucks, and she just – I think it was sensory overload for her, (laughs) but she had a blast. And what was interesting, I I was laughing when we were leaving because, I mean, the stadium was like sold out, packed. I mean, this is Raymond James. I mean, huge, huge stadium. Tampa's packed. Everybody's packed. I saw maybe, maybe the entire time, I saw maybe a dozen people wearing masks. I'm talking out of like, you know, 30, 40,000 people. And it was funny to me because I, I looked at Lana and I said, isn't it funny how certain parts of the area of the country people refuse, absolutely refuse to be free? They actually enjoy their, their incarceration, so to speak. They've embraced it. They've accepted it. I said, and you have other places like here where nobody pays attention much of anything. If you got sick, you got sick. If you didn't, you didn't. And overall, you try to keep your health as best as possible and maintain it with healthy supplements and nutrition and diet. And you live your life like we were designed to. And it was just funny to me to see that level of normality again because that was about as normal as I've experienced since 2019. And it was good to feel that. It was nice to feel that. But it was also frustrating because as I see so many emails that I've got this morning, more and more people are still having an absolutely horrible time trying to live freely, unmolested on their way. And we saw this now with the truckers up in Canada. If you guys saw this over the weekend, this was something that I've never really even understood how this could actually occur from a legal standpoint. But DeSantis even touched base on it. With the GoFundMe account, they that took $9 million now that was going to the truckers, $9 million of donations. And they blatantly said that if people wanted a refund, they could have a refund. If not, they were going to give it to the donors essentially of their choice. And they, they commandeered almost $9 million. Just said, well, this is our money now. We're not going to give it to the truckers. We're not going to give it to the individuals you allocated the donations to. Uh, you can get a refund, or we're going to donate it to a charity of our choice. And even DeSantis came out, and he said this is blatant fraud to commandeer $9 million and allocate a donation, send the truckers, and give it to their own choosing. DeSantis said, I'm working with Attorney General Ashley Moody to investigate these deceptive practices, and these donors should be given a refund immediately. It shouldn't even be asking a question. And I talked to a couple people about this over the weekend, and they told me they were going to file back charges. If everybody files back charges on GoFundMe, uh, GoFundMe is going to have an interesting issue with the virtual terminal. Because you start getting tens of thousands of back charges, they're going to shut GoFundMe down. Instead of asking for money back, asking for them to give your money where you allocated it to. So I just thought that was interesting. Apparently now, GoFundMe, I saw this morning, they are now starting to backtrack on it. And they're looking into every option available now because they have gotten so much backlash over the weekend. 
This is a prime example of what happens when you have communists in certain facets of business, including, quite frankly now, most facets of business, and they control and dictate the narrative as they choose. But the good thing about it is, it's what I've always said before, when people talk about it and people get the truth and news out there, it makes a difference, and that's exactly what happened. Now, Gun GoFundMe could not hide from their thievery, and they could not hide from their lies, and that's why they've been exposed now. They're getting eviscerated on social media all over the planet, and again, this is what happens when you have free information. This is the reason why disinformation or basically this all these topics you hear about, the fake news – it's all of a sudden just came about in the last couple of years. You guys notice that? The, the misinformation and the fake news fact checkers, this just became a thing in the last couple of years. So is this that lies and misinformation just suddenly came about out of nowhere? No. It's because people started waking up and they started asking questions. And the peasants aren't supposed to ask questions. The peasants are simply supposed to follow orders, do their job, go home, and rinse and repeat. That's what they're supposed to do. That is why they're trying to crack down on anybody speaking the truth and anybody trying to help one another out, as it's evident with GoFundMe. I, I thought that was interesting this morning, Dad. And uh, the fact that they did this, obviously they set themselves up for a very significant uh, legal issue, which is why I think they're starting to backpedal now. What do you think? Well, they, the, the alt media was asking for people, you know, if they'd like to have attorneys to basically go after GoFundMe for fraud. You can't do this. You can't. Years ago, I did it. I did it. I had a, you know, I was at the end of the year and I you had some people that were missionaries and I wanted to dedicate some money to those people, uh, you know, to designate the money to them through a local church. And I remember the pastor did this kind of nonsense with me. He called me in like, you know, three weeks into January and he had not cashed the check I'd given for this group of people that I had asked the money to be given to that were all like missionaries. And he had decided that he didn't want to give the money to these individuals. He wanted to give it to somebody else. Now, what is his money? Remember this. It was my money. I was giving it to him, to the church, to go to different nonprofits. And he refused to do it. And just like with GoFundMe, that was complete and total fraud. And so, he just, so what he did, I'll give him credit for this. He gave me my uncashed check back and said, I'm not going to do what you want me to do with this. Because he knew as good and well that if he didn't do what he was supposed to do with that, he could get in trouble with it. And he was kind of a jerk, to be honest with you, so I no longer associate with him or the church or their family or anybody else. But the point is, you know, there are people out there that they don't want to listen, like GoFundMe. And they're run by the globalists that run the planet, who run the international banking cartels, who use all of these different clearinghouses and merchant accounts, by the way, all owned by the same people at the highest levels in order to try to manipulate who's going to get the money and who's not going to get the money. It's what they do. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with, you know, the big insurance companies when they're owned by State Street and Vanguard and BlackRock. You know, they do whatever they're told to do at the highest levels. When Linda Forrester Rothschild calls a meeting at the top 100 CFO and CEOs of these major Fortune 500 corporations, and they all get on a conference call with her, it lets you know who runs the planet. Let you know real quick who runs the planet because of the funding that they're getting from these international banking cartels. That's the group that runs the planet. I talked to my insurance agent this morning, and we had some issues with some insurance again. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, this morning I was talking to her, and, I, and she said, I said to her, I said, she, I was asking her because I know her really well. She's a good friend, and she goes to a church in Lakeland, and I said, well, is the church covering current events yet? 
And she goes, what do you mean? I said, are they talking about the truckers convoy in Canada? She says, oh, no, no, they wouldn't talk about that. I said, no. Are they talking about gays? Uh, no, 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 they don't, they don't ever talk about gays. They talk about transgenders and the school systems and what's happening with the school boards. Uh, no, no, no. Do they talk about the shots or the uh, vaccines or the reactions from these to kill shot vaccines? Do they talk about any of that stuff? Oh, no, 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 they don't talk about any of that. She says, there was a Presbyterian church here in Bartow that discussed the gay issue one day from the pulpit, and about half of their membership left and went to the pro-gay Methodist church in Bartow. So they learn very quickly if they bring these topics up, people just leave and they go where they want to go. And the Bible says they follow their, they go where their itchy ears want to go and they want to hear what they want to hear. You know, I told you I've got a friend of mine who basically, um, was a Christian or is a Christian, I'm assuming. I don't know what she is as far as her values and what she believes anymore. But, you know, she's pro-gay now, pro-transgender, pro-abortion. And I, and I just, and I, and I said to her one time, I said, how, have you reconciled what the word of God says with any of this stuff and you still claim to be a Christian? I said, I don't understand. I said, the Bible is very black and white to me. And I said, you've turned it into gray. And I said, I don't understand any of this and how you feel. And her response was, well, you know, I was in the school system for many years and I've, I've just learned that, you know, and she starts making all these excuses. And I thought to myself, you know, I knew this individual 50 years ago. You know, we were in school, college together. And she's a really, really strong, ultra-conservative Baptist. And now she's become more and more liberal because she'd worked in the school system all of these years. And her husband's, a, you know, very, very, how should I say, um, uh, how was the nicest way to say this? He's, he basically goes along to get along. That's the easiest way to say it. And he doesn't want to deal with the conflict. And see, and, and that's the problem, isn't it? That when we accept this as the normal and we accept leadership as the normal who won't address the issues, then the issues at that point become unaddressable. What does that mean? Well, the church won't touch them. And so what ends up happening is we don't have any leadership coming from the pulpit. And when we don't have leadership coming from the pulpit, we can't institute a change. And this is why the pulpit and the church, they say now doesn't even – you know, doesn't even show up on the list of the top, you know, 10 influences in a person's life. They don't even, the church doesn't exist. They say that it's, that it's, that it's influence in the society as a whole is zero. That's because it's, it is zero because the churches won't talk about it. And of course, I, my response again is this. Why are the pastors not going down to the school board meetings and protesting against critical race theory and, and, and basically transgenders and, and masks and all that? Well, they don't want to because, as we've said so many times, they have a cushy job and they're bored in many cases. In fact, I'll say probably most cases is controlled by people that are Masonic Lodge leaders or involved with other institutions or societies or they're promoting certain agendas. And they're pushing that same agenda through the church and through the school boards and through everybody else they want to push it through. And this is how we found ourselves in this mess. This morning I had a. A text first thing in the morning from a friend of mine who's one of the top fighters in this whole field as far as she's a medical doctor. And she goes, my son-in-law works in a St. Alexis COVID unit. And there are three, yes, only three patients with COVID. However, the unit is filled with heart problems, seizures, strokes, heart attacks, heart bleeds, something they have never seen. People have tubes attached to their hearts to drain excess blood. The doctors are stressed and baffled. They are catching on that all the people are vaccinated who are in these 
intensive care units now. Now, you know, how much of this is accurate, I don't know. All I know is this, that unless we talk about it in the aggregate, you know, we're all going to continue to be enslaved in the elite's web. And this is the group that runs the planet. This is the Kabbalists. This is the Luciferians. This is Shabbat Lubavitch. Now, I can't be any more direct than that. Shabbat Lubavitch follows and practices from the Kabbalah. They claim to be Jews, but they are not. They are of the synagogue of Satan. There's about 200,000 of them on the planet. And this group of people, along with a lot of their lackeys, they have like Madonna and Katy Perry and all of these people in Hollywood that are wearing the red string around their wrist. basically are not Jews whatsoever, but they are part of this, quote, unquote, satanic pedophile sex death cult that's running the planet. They're telling them what to do, and they're listening. So you'll see it again with a halftime ceremony. You know, it's interesting that Paul Craig Roberts wrote an article, and he said in this article this past week, we are all ensnared in the elite's web. And he goes on to say, yes, there is a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy of the elite. Now, I'm going to put the cult. I'm, not, I'm going to delete the elite here as best, best I can because I don't consider these people to be elite. I consider them to be complete scum, satanic scum. And he says it's a conspiracy of the satanic scum against the rest of us. It's been an operation for years. Actually, it's been an operation for thousands of years. I'm going to go ahead and add my commentary to this. You can read the entire article on, on your own. He says you can learn about it from Keyes Vanderfield's just-published book by Clarity Pass Press, States of Emergency. Now, I have not read the book, and I'm not promoting the book, but this article's about an overview of the book. Now, I'm probably going to read the book, and if once I read it, I'll let you know if I suggest you, you buy it or not. And he goes on to say the elites are a mere handful. There's about 200,000, but they control all the power. They control the print, the TV, the social media, the universities, the think tanks, the governments, finance, large-scale production, bar, attorney bar associations, health care, most celebrities, and have their own organizations and compromise interlocking directorates such as Bilderberger, Atlantic Council, Trilateral Commission, CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, the G30 group of former central bank presidents, the World Economic Forum, the World Bank, the IMF. The same people comprise corporate boards and top executive ranks of large corporations. Last week, we heard Klaus Schwab come out and praise Angela Merkel as part of his group and Vladimir Putin as part of his group and a whole bunch of other people as part of his group as far as what the world is doing, including the president or the prime minister of Canada, Trudeau. So this group of people controlled through the international Kabbalist networks of the ancient Canaanite religions of Baal, Moloch, Asherah, Isis, Osiris, high-level Masonic lodges. This is the group that runs the planet. They are the synagogue of Satan. Okay? Many of them claim to be Jews, but they are not. They are of the synagogue of Satan. And we've got to understand who they are. And, and, you know, and, it, and it's sad to me. <clears throat> so the gathering of power went through many steps, and I've talked about this in detail before. For example, during the Clinton regime in the United States, the diverse independent media was concentrated in six hands. Six mega companies were permitted to buy up 90% of the U.S. media. Actually, it's closer to 95%. The concentration of the media went against all American tradition. Regulation of industries was abandoned on the basis of Alan Greenspan's edict that markets are self-regulating and regulatory agencies are became marketing agents for formerly regulated industries such as pharmaceuticals. The Sherman Antitrust Act became dead 
letter law on the basis of the assertion that the global economy, only the very large, could compete. Thus, monopoly control replaced the market economy. Now, Alan Greenspan is another one of these Kabbalist Luciferians. I'll just let you know that. He's put in there as a front guy, just like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and you know Elon Musk and all of these guys are funded through this same group. Now, what he's talking about with these mega corporations is at one time they had a law that didn't allow any corporation to own more than one radio or TV outlet in a given market. So if you had Chicago and you had a 100 radio stations in Chicago, only one station could own – only one, one corporation could only own one station. Bill Clinton changed that, and he allowed giant corporations like Clear Channel to come in and in some instances buy up almost every single radio and TV station in the market. Now, what this did, this effectively censored the news. Back in the 80s, before this happened, I would do up to 40 radio talk shows a week as an independent broadcaster, as a guest. I'd come on these shows. I'd talk about the top 10 foods never to eat, how the globalists were trying to kill us, the corporations that were doing this, what to avoid. I'd go into detail on all of these things on an ongoing basis. But then what happened is in the mid-90s when they got consolidated, they would start putting like one host on who would basically be syndicated to 300 different markets, and then they would go in and buy up every single station, and then they would have this one host do the major shows in every single market. It happened over and over and over again. That's how Howard Stern got so big. That's how ManCal got so big. That's how so many people got so big. And as long as these hosts did exactly what they were told to do, their market share would get bigger and bigger, and they would make these huge salaries. But what it did is it effectively censored the media. Now, what Mancow found out, and he's my good friend, is that, you know, there are certain things that you're simply not allowed to talk about, period. And I remember he had Donald Rumsfeld on talking about his book. And basically, Donald Rumsfeld, Mancow asked Donald Rumsfeld about Building 7, which Donald Rumsfeld quickly denied knowing anything about and didn't know what Mancow was talking about. Okay, So you're not supposed to do that. And so this is the group that has now taken over media and that has said, if you want to come on and talk about aspartame, you're not allowed. If you want to come on and talk about fluoride, you're not allowed. So what ends up happening is you get stuck if you're still trying to do talk radio in fringe shows out in the middle of nowhere with no listeners. And this is the thing that they've run into the problem with podcasting now because, like, this show is huge. And Joe Rogan's show is ridiculously huge. And so when Joe Rogan brings a guest on, whether they're compromised or not in some areas, and they start talking about things that aren't the mainstream narrative, what ends up happening is it creates tremendous, how should I say, conflict in the narrative. Because if all you're doing is spewing the lie, and someone else says, oh, by the way, they're lying, here's the truth, what ends up happening is you create this dissonance inside of a person's mind. It becomes incongruity, and it can't be resolved. And, you know, it's like, it's like they don't understand, okay, who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth. But as long as the mainstream narrative remains the same, these sheeple in all these different communities around the country, they want to believe the lie. So they walk lockstep wearing their masks, lockstep taking their injections, lockstep getting their heart problems, lockstep dying on remdesivir, and it goes on and on and on. But they never stop and question why this is happening. See, and that's the big problem that we have because you're going to have about 20% of the people, no matter what happens, they're going to believe the lie. 
They're not going to change. It won't make one bit of difference until they're all dead. And when they're all dead, nobody will pay any attention to what they believe anymore because they're going to all be gone. Because they just fell in lockstep with the mainstream media lies. And it doesn't matter what you try to do. You can sit there and you can grab them by their ears and you can shake their ears and you can yell and scream and you say, don't do this. It doesn't work. You're going to kill yourself and it will make more of a difference. But they're going to do what the mainstream media says. And they'll come up with every excuse. I couldn't see the grandkids because I wasn't vaccinated. So I had to get the vaccine. I couldn't go on a cruise ship. So I got the vaccine. I got tired of basically having my nasal swabbed when I wanted to get on airplanes. There's another excuse I heard this weekend. And on and on and on. They'll always give you an excuse as to why they followed the mainstream media and went to their own destruction. And there's nothing you can do to fix that. Now, I can sit here and I can preach to those people, and they'll just think I'm nuts. That's just the truth. They're going to think, well, something's wrong with Ted Brower. Why does he believe this way? He's just a, quote, conspiracy theorist, which was put together in that term, by the way, by the CIA, during the Warren Commission's review on what happened with John F. Kennedy and his assassination when we were told that bullets could turn around in midair and go back the other direction because there were multiple shooters and they couldn't figure out how to explain it. So we're supposed to all be stupid. And so the CIA would come in now because they were controlling mainstream media through Operation Mockingbird. And I remember this happening. And they would say, these guys are <laughs> conspiracy theorists. They're coming up with these crazy conspiracies like bullets can turn around, which they didn't come up with. It. They came around. These idiots said that, but they make a difference. They make fun of you. And when they make fun of you, they discredit you into the vast majority of the population. I remember years ago, I had this guy who was basically a hitman for the aspartame corporations who were manufacturing aspartame back 30, 40 years ago. And I remember he wanted to debate me on national TV and national radio. This before it was decentralized. And my response was always, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. That's because you're not going to stay with the issues. You're going to go personal. You're going to attack me personally. You're going to find something in my past that you don't like. You're going to attack me with this. You're going to attack me with that. I said, you're not going to talk about the issues. You're not going to allow me to bring, you know, my references in, my research articles in. And, it was, and I knew that I was getting set up, so I just refused to do it. The same thing happened when I was asked to be on Oprah. They wanted me to come in and basically discuss and debate with five allopathic physicians you know, the merits of my top 10 list never to eat and how to lower blood pressure, cholesterol, and triglycerides without the use of drugs and do it with five allopathic physicians all at the same time, all of them against me. I'd have been eviscerated. Now, I've been screaming and yelling and carrying on and everything else, but let me give you an example. Okay. Years ago, I was in Chicago and I was doing the number one broadcast. I forgot which one it was. It was a huge station and it was exactly the same day that O.J. Simpson was running from the police in his Ford Bronco. You guys remember this, back in the 90s. And I was up in Chicago, and I was on this big show. Now, they'd cut back from my show. They'd go back to the Bronco chase. They'd cut back to my show. And I started talking about the eating of pork and high-fat luncheon meats and all these different things and how bad it was. Well, I didn't realize that the Farm Futures and all the other things that were being broadcast were coming out of this big station in Chicago. I wasn't paying any attention to that. I was just doing my normal show that I did and my top 10 foods never to eat. And about that time, one of the farm forecast guys, I know his name and I'm not going to mention it because he still works there. He basically starts knocking on the door, the window of the studio, which is locked because they don't want people walking in and jumping on a live microphone. 
And he finally, they finally opened the door for him. They buzz him in because they knew who he was. And he runs in in the middle of my interview and grabs a live microphone and starts screaming at me. I kid you not, because I talked about how high fat luncheon meats increase the risk of heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, and pork products need to be avoided. And this guy went absolutely ape poop. He went nuts in the studio. Well, what I did is I grabbed my mic. This guy's standing up over me, yelling at me. Well, I'm a pretty big guy. So I grabbed my microphone, I stood up, and I started yelling right back at him. And, I mean, we were going tit for tat, screaming at each other on live radio. I'm telling you guys, it happened in Chicago. And finally, they went to break. I mean, the guy, the, the general manager comes running in and tells the head guy, go to break. They cut us off. And that was it. I was done for the day. And because I said to the guy right on live radio, you go ahead and you tell your people to eat your pork and your high fat luncheon meats. And I'll tell you the leading cause of death in children age 14 and other other than accidents is cancer. And you're promoting that by telling them to eat these horrible foods. I mean, we were going at each other. I mean, yelling, which I don't really like doing that because it kind of like really is, you know, ineffective, you know, as far as trying to communicate by yelling. But I tell you what, those people in Chicago, they loved it. I can't, I'm not making this stuff up, guys. It happened. I don't make stuff up. And uh, so I walked out of the studio, and I'm all dressed up, and I had another interview to do with Dana Bonaducci that morning. Okay, So I left there, and I left to go to the Danny Bonaducci interview, and I was walking down the streets, and my telephone blows up. You know, we, This is the beginning of cell phone service. And uh, I picked up my phone, and they said, what the heck just happened in Chicago? This is my phone room who was taking phone calls for my Eat, Drink, and Be Healthy program, which is our you know home study course. And uh, they said, what did you do, Ted? Did you almost get in a fight in the studio? Everybody's calling up and said there was almost a fight on WGN. And I said, yeah, we almost got in a fight. I said, if he'd have taken a swing at me, I'd have knocked him out. And I said, we were in the middle of this tit for tat, going toe to toe, having at each other right in the middle of the studio. And they said, well, whatever you did, the people in Chicago love it. All of our phone reps are locked up. They're all ordering your Eat, Drink, and Be Healthy program because they said, here's what they said. If Ted Brower believes what he's saying so strongly that he's about to get on a fight on a national broadcast on a clear channel radio, we're basically going to buy his stuff. I kid you not. And where I thought the show had crashed and burned and wasn't going to do any sales, it ended up setting records. I, I'm not, and remember, Chicago's the number three market in the, war, in the United States. It's New York, L.A., Chicago. And this is number one station in Chicago. And I thought, wow, you know, God is good. And I was vindicated. And see, this is the kind of resolve that you have to have when someone runs into a studio with you with a live microphone and starts screaming at you. You've got to be willing to stand up and say, how about no? How about H-E double sticks? No. How about you're being stupid? And how about I'm not going to promote your agenda? How about that? And so that happened to me. And I guess it's been over 20 years ago, 25 years ago now. And it had been a set of precedents for me. It set a precedence for me that, number one, I wasn't going to back down in any live interviews ever. Now, mind you, <laughs> I was never asked to be back on WGN again. And I can't really say as I, I blame them because that was really hot. And uh, I asked them, I said, are you not going to let this thing get resolved? Let me finish saying what I was going to say. And they said, oh, no, you said plenty. <laughs> Everybody knows how you feel. But it was that level of intensity that people have to maintain if you're going to get change. All those people who listened to that show this that morning, uh, they'll know one thing. They might not have believed what I was saying, but they darn sure knew that I believed what I was saying. 
that I was serious about it. It was my conviction, and I was willing to sit there and get into a fist fight with this guy in a studio screaming at each other over the counter using live microphones. Now you think, well, that made for some good radio. We'd have loved to have heard that. And that's what I heard for years. Oh, that was the best show we've ever heard on WGN. It was great. And, but the reality is this. Some of you listening have heard that. I know you heard the show because it was that big. But guys, listen to me. If we're not willing to do that, if we're not willing to fight for our, how should I say, beliefs like that, then, then we're not going to get any changes. And then that, and that's the thing we've got to, we've got to understand. Now, let me go back to Scott's book, this Vanderfield. He explains how the various elite networks, the transnational, the financial, this is the Kabbalist Luciferian group, the governmental, et cetera, work toward common agenda. Meanwhile, the elite use their control over ideas, communication, and entertainment to keep us peons fighting among ourselves. Republicans versus Democrats. Donald Trump screaming and yelling and acting like a weirdo. You know, and Hillary Clinton screaming and yelling, act like a weirdo. And, you know, if certain politicians come in, they say certain things they shouldn't ought to say. They get beat up in the back corner and show up with black eyes. I thought I mentioned that. Remember Bernie Sanders with a black eye? His face was split open. You know, Democrats versus liberals, conservatives, racism, women's rights, transgender rights, abortion rights, and distracted with Russia threat, Chinese threat, terrorist threat. The real threat goes undisclosed and unremarked. The deceit of the people in the priority task for all Western governments, supported by the intelligence agency. I've talked about this, about the CIA, MI6, and Mossad. Vanderfield names names. For example, the steering committee of the Bilderberger Conference reflects the ruling power block, Eric Schmidt of Google, IT companies, planeteer and entrepreneurs, Peter Thiel, the guy who likes to have young children's blood infused in, by the way, Belgian banker and media magnate Thomas Leeson, directors and executives of financial institutions, Lazar, Deutsche Bank, the Wallenberg Investor Group in Sweden, Henry Kravis and the Kohlberg Kravis Roberts Hedge Fund Group, Leeson is a member of the Trilateral Commission, Friends of Europe and the Bilderberger Group. All these guys are being controlled via the international banking cartels because without the money, you can't control anything. Think tanks are funded by the military security complex and corporations. <clears throat> Excuse me. The purpose of think tanks is to provide studies that further the interests of their donors. Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, Airbus, the Pentagon, Air Force, the Army, the Department of Homeland Security, and almost every major corporation in the United States who's controlled by BlackRock State Street of Vanguard. The largest beneficiary is the RAND Corporation, which received more than a billion dollars. Other beneficiaries of military security largesse are the Center for the New American Security. And this goes on and on and on. Guys, the elites do this to everybody because they control both sides of the narrative. Who else have you heard on a talk show read you Otto Kahn's statement that they control both sides of the narrative from over 100 years ago so they control the axis of the planet by holding it by its poles and making sure they get the exact outcome that they want? This outcome is centered on the rebuilding of a third temple. Yeah, all the way to that again today. And the out, the outing of their Antichrist, which is a good possibility would be Jared Kushner, that gay-looking weirdo, and basically – this is the group that runs the planet. They run it all. To the ancient Canaanite religions of Baal, Moloch, Asherah, Osiris, worship. Why do you think there's a giant phallic symbol with the Washington Monument in downtown D.C. and in the Vatican? And also in the square up there, the financial district in London. They all have their own you know, obelisks. 
which are erected phallic symbols is what they are, all part of the Osiris, you know, worship and the ISIS worship. It's all part of this. All of these groups are run and maintained and managed by the same international banking cartels that have these ancient satanic religions as their core. That's the group that runs the planet. And now he didn't go into the detail with this on what was going on with those guys, but that's it. He goes, the elites rule us all. They subsidize conservatives who patriotism supports American first. This is with the Trump people that are still going to the rallies and the wars against orchestrated enemies. They subsidize the left wing whose accusations foment distraction from the secret agenda. They subsidize liberals whose ideas serve to deconstruct and weaken society, make it easier for the people to be conquered. The vast bulk of Americans, Europeans, are left in the dark and have no understanding that day by day their lives come under more control in order to clear the way for the agendas for which they are unaware. Wow. Now, guys, I'm going to recommend that you probably take a look at this book, at least look at the review. I'm going to read through it, and I'm going to go into detail with it. But again, where is the Rothschild International Banking Cartel? Where is the human sacrifice in all of this? They're not talking about any of that. Where is the fact that Jeffrey Epstein worked for Mossad, and there was a temple on his island, and only four women have come forward now and testified against him, and now they're trying to discredit them? And it's just Lane's Maxwell, who worked for Mossad, is now saying that she wants a new trial because the trial was tainted from the jury pool. And now she wants to get off and not have any jail time. I mean, on and on and on and on. The same sex death cult that is run by these groups of people continue to control the planet. That's why Jesus, remember, when, when Satan showed up to him and showed him these nations of the world up on the high pinnacles and said, I will give you all of these if you bow down and rule, you know, worship me. He was letting Jesus know that he controlled all this stuff. And that's the same thing. It's, it's basically the God of this age has put a heart, has put a blinder on the hearts and the minds of the people on this planet so they will not believe and know the truth. Because the energy field that is created from these vast abortions and these human sex rituals they do, and these satanic things that they're involved in, to the upper levels, they create like an energy envelope around the planet that prevents the people from seeing and knowing the truth. The Bible tells us that. And we've got to understand it's this group that's running the planet. That's why I say to you repeatedly, without Jesus, there's no chance. And until the pulpit stop acting like a bunch of stinking wimpets, weirdos, weasels, Midgets. I mean, gosh, what's wrong with these pastors? Well, again, it's not the pastors as much, is it? It's the board. It's the board of the elders and the deacons. And it's also, gosh, listen to me, guys, the parishioners, because they don't want to hear it. The people in the church don't want to hear what I just told you this morning. They think I'm nuts. They don't want to hear any of this stuff because they don't want to believe any of it's true. It's too easy. It requires a massive awakening and paradigm shift, almost to the point of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior when you were young and you accepted Christ, or if you've done it here recently. It takes that much of a change in your life for you to understand who they are and what they're doing to you and how we haven't got a chance without Jesus. It takes that, and that's the problem that we've run into. People don't want to hear it. Because they're too caught up in their, like this article says, their transgender ideology or their mask fighting or just getting on an elevator with people and screaming and yelling at them because they're not wearing a mask. They take these little minor issues and they turn them into these massive things because they're trying to maintain their narrative because they want to maintain their paradigm. And they don't want a paradigm shift because they like living in their delusion. That's the problem with the population today. They don't want to see that without Christ it won't work. 
They don't want to see that Jesus came to deliver us from this mess. And they sure don't want to see that Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah, when every thought was evil all the time, it says in Genesis 6, that he was going to return. He's telling you it's going to get worse. He told you the truth. He told all of us the truth. And for those of us who've accepted the truth that Jesus gave us, and we've changed our lives, and we've changed our outlook, our lives are relatively sane. But the people who want to believe the lie and believe the delusion and not see the truth, their lives are chaotic. They don't know what to believe. And they're tossed to and fro by every teaching. Oh, I think gays are good. Oh, I think transgenders are good. Oh, I think gays are bad. I think transgenders are bad. Oh, I think masks are good. I think masks are bad. Oh, I think that the injections are good. I think the injections are bad. They're, they're unstable. Whatever the last story is they heard, they listen to that. I had a good friend come over yesterday, and he has a pastor in his church that promoted the vaccines, and he went in and had the vaccines, and I said to him, I said, oh, you had the vaccine. He goes, yeah. I said, I got tired of having my nose swabbed to get on airplanes. I said, okay. I just chose not to get on airplanes anymore. How about that? And he said, well, I've got grandkids up north, and we've got to fly back forth. I said, oh, okay, grandkids stuff again. And I said, well, how do you justify what how do you, I said, you realize how bad these vaccines are? Oh, yeah, I've read all the stuff online, how bad they are. But we just prayed about it. Wait a minute. You prayed about it? We prayed about it, and we decided that uh, we were going to go ahead and get the vaccine. And he goes, and we're not scared of the vaccine. We figure this, that if we take the vaccine and we die, we get to go to heaven. And I looked at him, I started laughing. I really did. I started laughing. And I said, you're right. You're a Christian. You take the vaccine and you end up basically dying. You get to go to heaven. He goes, and quite frankly, he goes, I've about had enough of this world. And I laughed and I said, yeah, okay. Well, you've, you've, made, you've, you've made the decision. I said, that's your choice now. But guys, why would we make the conditions, the decision to comply with the things of the world? Why would we do that? But again, here's the problem with it. His pastor basically got vaccinated and told the whole church that. And so now he is in a quandary. He's in a quandary. He's in a quandary. He doesn't know what to do because he knows the vaccines are bad, but the pastor said they're good because he took them. And so now it's okay. But the same pastor's not going to talk about anything else. And, and, the, and the pastor's just a hireling. His father started the church. It was just nepotism again, bringing his kid in to run this church. And, and you sit back and you look and you go, why in the world? And this pastor personally has lied to me multiple times about vaccinations with his children, et cetera. And then I found out the truth later. So, I mean, so where's the leadership here? You know, are we going to stand or not? Are we going to stand for the word of God? The Bible, my Bible says me, don't you know that ye yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives within you? And if you destroy God's temple, he will destroy you. It's what the Bible word says. That's what the Bible says. So why in the world do we think that we can go in and just inject ourselves with a known pathogen, with a known spike protein pathogen, and that's God's will for us? It's not. It's compromise again. It's like accepting the gays, accepting the transgenders, accepting all of these weird things that are happening around us and saying it's okay. It's all compromise. As we go back to the analogies I used last week. If you pull the plug out of a boat, it just starts to sink until somebody puts a plug back in it. And that's where the American church is. It's sinking. In fact, it pretty much is banding on the ship now and getting on lifeboats. It's about where it is now because everybody's compromised. But guys, don't do that. Keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. For he is the author. He is the finisher. 
And he is the perfecter of our faith. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We stand against this tyranny and this quote-unquote global scum sex death cult that's doing all of this. We can continue to stand against it, but we can't stand against it if we pretend like it's not real. That's the problem, isn't it? We've got to do like I did on WGN that time. And you've got to grab that microphone. You've got to go, how about no? How about I'm not going to listen to you? How about you're not coming into the studio and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong when I know I'm right? We've all got to do that. We've all got to have the guts, the chutzpah, some people say, the, the, the drive to say, no, we won't live like this. But I want to share that with you this morning. I really like that article that Paul Craig had written and that we are all ensnared in their web. How about I'm not in the web? How about I took my little pocket tool out and I've cut my way out of the web and I'm down there looking at the web going, you guys can get out of there if you want, but you can't keep doing what you did to get there to get out. It doesn't work that way. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story? That was well said, man. That was really well said, and you're 100% accurate on that. And this is the problem that we've seen a lot of individuals fall prey to is this, oh, well, I'm not worried about the shot, so I just went ahead and get it. I just went ahead and got it. Oh well, what about the what about the biochip mark of the beast? I'm I'm you know I'm I'm not worried about that either. But I, I'm I'm not going to get that. It's funny how many times I had this conversation back two years ago. I mean I had this exact conversation with people, and we were talking about the masks, just the mask topic. I mean there's like the main mandate. You know everybody's running around with a little muzzle on, and I never did. Constantly getting arguments with everybody, and people said, dude, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a mask. And I remember I asked this exact question. Summer 2020. I said, well, what happens when they pump out some type of weird vaccine? At the time, remember, they had already discussed that they were working on RNA gene therapy, and they were trying to get trials started so the FDA would approve it. And this is summer 2020. And I can't even recall how many people said, oh, I'm not getting a shot. I'm not, I'm not getting that crap. I don't need a vaccine. Just, if you just wear the mask, though, this will all be over soon. As soon as the election's over, everything's going to go away. It's just going to stop because they're just doing this for Trump. And I said, no, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. This has nothing to do with Trump. So they're going to use the mail-in ballots you know, as an excuse to basically do another fraudulent election, which is the first one. So it's not going to stop. And I said, the masks are going to stop. Well, I'm not going to get shot. I said, okay. And I talked to a lot of the same individuals seven, eight months later, you know, beginning spring of 2021. How are you doing? Oh, well, you got the shot. I feel like crap. I said, you got the shot. I said, he told me we're going to get the shot. Yeah, but uh, same thing. I, I'm tired of getting my nose, my, nose, my nose swabbed. Oh, I want to be able to fly freely. Oh, I wanted to be able to go here. Oh, my family wanted me to do it. I said, oh, okay, well, that's your choice. What about when they tell you you've got to get an implantable chip in your hand that's got all of your medical information on it so you can – be tied into the vaccine passport platform and they can monitor everything you do. No, I'm not going to get that. I'm never, I never get a chip in my hand. Well, when are you going to stop getting shots? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fully, fully vaccinated now. So it's, it's done. It's over with. So that's funny. I said, cause they've already stated in a lot of countries, including Israel, that they're on their fourth booster now and there's no end in sight. They're going to keep injecting everybody with it as long as people keep lining up like sheep and pull their sleeves up and get injected. Oh, no, no, no. It won't, it won't be that. I told you guys I was at dinner with that one well, a group of people. That one lady had been fully injected twice just before the booster came out. She goes, yeah, well, I, I did it so I could travel. I already had COVID. I already recovered, so I just went ahead and got it out of the way. I said, well, what happens when these two shots you got aren't enough and you got to get a third one? Oh, they're not going to do that. They would never try to force anybody to get a booster shot. 
And when I started laughing, I was like, okay. <laughs> this is the problem with a slippery slope. The analogy that was like, stand on a slippery slope, start sliding in. If you don't back up very quickly from that slippery slope, you'll eat it. I've been there before. Dad's been there before. We've all been there before. You're out by a river, riverbank. You're doing something on ice. <laughs> You're doing anything. All of a sudden, you start losing your footing. You better recover pretty quick. You try to keep pushing down, you're going to eat it. And that's exactly what we're seeing happen now. This is what's going on all across the country where people are slowly compromising inch by inch by inch and wait and waiting to be told what privileges they have back. You don't ask for rights. You demand your rights are respected and you hold on to them. You don't ask to have your rights back. You don't ask to get them privileged to you. I saw an article earlier. It's embarrassing. You know, New Jersey, Governor Murphy, the complete and total nightmare of an individual he is over New Jersey, Governor, he finally now has said that uh, we're going to be looking at eliminating the mask mandate for children starting March 7th. Wait, what? We're going to be looking at dropping the mask mandate for children March 7th, a month from now. We're going to, we're going to be looking at dropping that mandate. How about no? How about the children stop wearing masks? How about the video we saw? I forgot what state it was. I saw it the other day where high schoolers, they said any high schooler that doesn't wear a mask is going to be stuck in attention. All of a sudden, half the school said, how about you know what? How about you go kick rocks, principal? The entire doggone room or the, the basketball court inside the gymnasium full of students in their chairs in detention. Like 50 kids in there. I was like, wow, all right. Some people got a little bit of chutzpah left. I mean, we're talking about that school up in Philadelphia now where the insane, insane, insane school board district, she sends out the email. I talked to Masana Hagman on Friday. She sends out an email stating that if any kids come to school and refuse to wear a mask, they will be arrested for trespassing. Yeah. Me and Doug had a huge discussion of that. The legality standpoint, the mandate standpoint, who's actually going to enforce that? Are you going to have sheriff's officers arresting seven- and eight-year-old children because they're not wearing a mask now? Is that, is that really where we're going to go with this? Like we saw up in New York, a little nine-year-old girl that wanted to go to the museum, refused to show many vaccine papers because she said, I'm a free American. Little black girl. She said, no, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing – I'm not doing a vaccine passport. I'm going into a museum that's federally funded and funded by taxpayer dollars. I'm going to here to visit you're going to be cited for trespassing, ma'am. She goes, no, I'm not. I'm not doing anything illegal. Oh, yeah. Cops, NYPD, arrested her and hauled her off, dragging her down the street, put her in the paddy wagon, nine years old. Is this really what we're thinking is okay now? And we're, and we're waiting to be told that you can have some of your rights back? Or we'll give you permission when we figure out when your children don't have to wear masks anymore. Are you joking me right now? And Dad's exactly right. The sad part about it is the churches, man, I hope somebody puts the plug back in this boat with these churches because I've lost a lot of faith in pretty much the entire church industry. That's what it's turned into now, the 50C, you know, 501C3 corporations and all that. It's just a big industry. It's another business, hence the reason why most of these pastors won't actually talk about what's really going on. And it's sad to me that you see this occurring, and that is why now more than ever – do people need to start demanding their rights are respected and people listen to what we have to say? 
just like with GoFundMe. Me personally, if I donated money to these truckers on GoFundMe, I would file a chargeback with my credit card, and I would file a fraud case, and I'd get an attorney just out of principle with GoFundMe, as we talked about earlier. This isn't okay anymore, guys. They're going to keep pushing, and they're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until people finally have enough and people don't comply with this anymore. Like I said, isn't it funny that Florida continue to have very few mandates throughout the entire alleged pandemic, yet we're not all dead down here in this state? We don't have bodies stacked up on the street, nor did we ever. Isn't that just kind of ironic? But yet you see other states that they're still telling people, you got to show your vaccine papers to get into a business and wear a mask and social distance. Why is it that people keep complying? Well, again, they get caught in the web, like that said. They get caught up in the web, and they just continue to hand over their rights and continue to hand them over. I saw another article now. The report from University of Washington and John Hopkins University, 150-page report compiled by researchers, unbelievably detailed, about 5G exposure and the newfound radiation sources damaging creatures throughout the entire world. The first part of it actually goes into looking at EMFs and what's happened with them. The second part looks at how organisms are impacted by these EMFs. It reveals how effects have been observed in mammals such as bats, cervids, crustaceans, birds, insects, amphibians, reptiles, and many other species of flora. The third section focuses on EMF exposure limits and the prospect of new regulations to help help better living beings against the harm caused by the constant flood of non-ionizing radiation. And what's interesting, it goes in there and discusses the same concept of cancer prevention that we've seen with asbestos, tobacco, and pesticides, and RF radio frequency radiation is right up there category right beside them now in this report. 50-page report. goes in detail how dangerous it is. Yet we still have companies like Verizon who just came out yesterday. They said, yeah, we're going to turn on 2,000 more towers this month in our 5G deployment. Now the apparently the FAA – Said on Friday, it's agreed with Verizon and AT&T that they could turn on more 5G towers, even though the concerns about disrupting aircraft safety concerns now apparently isn't a problem anymore. They said apparently they're not going to deploy around 500 towers near airports. They decided we're not going to do it. So here's my million-dollar question to everybody. If 5G is so necessary for the Internet and it's so important so we can have our fasting streaming Netflix and Internet, and it's so required for everything to function, how all of a sudden are airports not going to have 5G Internet because the cell towers aren't going to be turned on around them because of the planes? But how, how are they going to function without 5G? I mean, cause how, how could anybody possibly function and use the Internet successfully without 5G? Right? That's what we've been told, that it's a necessary for everybody. Yeah. Now, still, nobody's been able to explain to me these purple-blue floodlights they just keep popping up in random spots with these boxes on top of them. I mean, people have explained to me what they are, but nobody will give me an honest answer. Called the city up about them. They keep saying, oh, well, it's a uh, malfunctioning LED. No, it's not. I'm not an idiot. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. I said, why do you keep putting these up? Oh, well, uh, well it's, it's malfunction. Well, we're, we're going to swap them out. No, you're not. Nobody swapped any of them out. Now, I allegedly may know a few people that basically are engaging those. You use that with what you want. But there's a reason why they're popping these repeaters up with these lights all over the place. It's not because the LEDs suddenly turn into a black light. I've worked with LEDs for a decade with vehicle builds. They don't just 
randomly turn from a white LED to a black light LED suddenly. Doesn't happen. Can't happen. The chips aren't the same. LED may burn out or it may dim. Doesn't turn to a black light. Doesn't turn to a blue light. Come on, guys. This is why people have to start getting directly involved locally. Continue to get involved with your local areas and continue to stand up for truth, freedom, and justice, especially with these kids, my friend. It was it was such a pleasure. I can't explain it enough to see so many children on Saturday with no mask. None. I mean, like, I, I don't think I saw a single kid with a mask on running around. Hunter and Kendall, there's probably about 15 other kids there in our big group that we had running around. Not a single mask. And it's funny, I talked to like probably 35, 40 people over that evening. And I brought up various topics about what was going on. And every single person was in unanimous decision with me about what's going on and how the masks are absolutely non-compliance measures now. And nobody is going to listen to anything the government has to say when it comes to mandates. In fact... We need to revoke a lot of privileges that the government's already been handed. That's why it's very, very important that we maintain the proper individuals in governorships, in local areas, in county commission seats. That's why I continue to tell everybody, stay local with a lot of stuff and continue to get the truth out there. And by all means, please speak to people. It makes a huge difference. Like I told you guys that one time I was at that dealership in Orlando, and I met the guy over there that I knew. And he wasn't wearing a mask. And this is Orlando, like everybody's wearing a mask, and we're talking. And I said, well, I see you're not wearing a mask. He said, yeah, I'm not getting the shot either. I said, oh, all right. My man's educated. And I said, well, just curiosity. I said, why Why'd you stop wearing a mask? I said, you know, a lot of people in Orlando, everybody wears a mask over here in the middle of this whole thing. I said, it's, it's fine. If you want to wear a mask and be a peasant, it's totally your choice. And he goes, well, he goes, I was in the grocery store, Austin. And I was walking around, and I saw a big guy walk in, and he wasn't wearing a mask. And he said, I looked at him, and I said, I want to be like him. I want to walk around with my shoulders back and my head up high, and I want to be a free man. And I want to walk around as a free American. And he goes, I took my mask off that day. I haven't one word since. He said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to play the theater. And I said, that's the example I'm talking about, my friend. You lead by example. Stand up for what you believe. Stand up for your rights and demand, demand your rights are respected. I've said this repeatedly and I will continue to reiterate this. Your rights are not safe just because they're on a piece of paper. They're only safe because you demand that they stay safe and you demand that they are respected and people listen to your rights. We all have a freedom of choice. Whatever that decision is, if you want to go get an injection, get an injection. You don't want to get an injection? Don't get an injection. You want to wear a mask? Don't wear a mask. But nobody has a right to tell you what you have to do with your body or what you have to have injected into your body or what experimental cocktail they want to shoot in your body. Nobody has a right to tell you you have to do it or else you're basically going to be fired or you're going to be terminated or you're going to be you know, cast out. If the entire concept that we know now is a fraud, which it is, We've seen this now with John Hopkins University with their giant research study of two years they did addressing the mandates and restrictions. Literally no statistical significant variation whatsoever when it came to mandates reducing mortality. None. Completely and totally useless, which we knew. If you think they're doing this now and we're the most armed country in the world, think of what they'll try to do to us if they ever disarm this country. 
That's why the next push, and I've told you guys this, the next step they're going to try to go for, they're going to try for another gun grab again. They're going to try to do more and more strictures. Look at the ATFs doing right now with rear breed triggers and all that. Look at what they're completely and totally out of control doing. Continue to stand up, my friends, and get the truth out there. I appreciate the support, and thank you so much for the emails. I constantly am reading just positive emails. I'm getting articles all the time. I don't respond to everything, as you guys know that, but I look at pretty much everything for the most part, and I try to do my best as far as to engage You know, any customers actually have questions. But a lot of times people just send me articles, which, again, I appreciate that. And so thank you for the support. It's our privilege to bring this truth and this news to you every single day. There's a reason why they're trying to censor everything. There's a reason why they're trying to deplatform everything. Is it because misinformation just suddenly came about over the last couple of years? No. There's always been lies and truth. That's been <laughs> part of society forever. No. It's because they're losing the narrative and too many people are starting to wake up and ask why. Why are you telling me to do this? Continue to ask questions and ask why, my friends. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the product of the week, the vitamin E, and also to the HGH Stimulate, one of the most popular products we have on a super sale right now for a short period of time, over 20% off. That's even cheaper than the three-pack special, by the way. So be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com. And thank you again for the support. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.